The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Women's Sanctuary, the podcast about tending the soul of women, sisterhood, and the rise of the sacred feminine. I'm your host, Arlia Hoffman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Arlia, and I'm thrilled to not be alone at the microphone today. Um, I've been, you know, musing and talking about current energies recently, and um, but then recently in in uh, my Facebook world popped up an old friend, and and I invited her on. Um, her name is Maddie Kasem, and she is a nature communicator. And I'm so excited. Welcome, Maddie. Thank you, Arlia. It's so nice to be here and to reconnect with you. Absolutely. Let me tell you a little bit about Maddie. She's a certified nature communicator who offers consultations for people's pets, horses, trees, and land by communicating in real time telepathically. Maddie holds a BA in comparative religion, an MA in Judaic studies, and a bachelor of education degree. She's a former student of the Canadian trance medium Tola Haynes, Hawaiian Kahuna Morna Simeona, British angelologist Angel McGurr, and excuse me, Angela McGurr, and American nature and animal communicator Maya Kincaid, PhD. In addition to her work as a nature communicator, Maddie was an elementary teacher, a contributor to True Blue Spirit magazine and host of the Language of Nature radio show. She offers consultations and classes for people of all ages and abilities. Maddie Kasem, welcome. Thank you, Arliad. This is so exciting. Yeah. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. I'm settling into a new location here in the village of Sutton, Quebec, which is about 10 miles north of the border with Vermont. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying it? I love it. It's gorgeous. Um, there are nature trails everywhere. And most of the people I meet live a lot of their time in nature. So it's a, a perfect spot for me to expand and explore and um, live my life. Absolutely. It sounds like it. Mm-hmm. So you are um well, I would call you an animal communicator. You're a nature yes. communicator, which means you're you're also including the trees and the land in that as well. Tell me, tell me how you came to do that after your uh, varied background. 
Mm -hmm. So I took an early retirement from my uh, career as an elementary teacher, and I thought I had my dream job. I was doing angel card readings because I was a student, like you said, of Angela McGurr. So I was really deeply into working with the angels. And I was offering energy healing and sometimes giving uh, training in, as you said, Hawaiian Ho'oponopono that I learned from Morna Simeona. Mm. And I thought, I'm living my dream life. And I was in a condo in Toronto, Ontario. And animals of the wild started showing up outside my window. And I actually, uh huh, I received an invitation to communicate telepathically. And I knew nothing about animal communication at that time. I had never heard of shamanic journeying. Uh, I really knew a lot about energy healing. And like I said, was immersed in uh, studying with the angels. So um, I didn't really know what to do with it, except I decided to say yes. I accepted an invitation. And what actually happened was a red-tailed hawk was um, landing on a branch outside the window of my condo and studying me through the window, witnessing me and sending love. And I was witnessing her and sending love. And this went on for weeks. And uh, one of my kids was, I have two adult children, and one of them was living with me at the time. And he's not really interested in esoteric things or spiritual things, but he just lives lives his life and um, uh, you know is a kind and wonderful person but not into um, uh, alternative things. And he would say, mom, you've got to come and see this. This something is going on. There's the hawk again. And so I thought if it's unusual for him and he's so conservative, then it's really unusual. And um, I asked the hawk if she wanted to increase the communication and I didn't, I wasn't ready for what came next, but actually she changed the reality. And I was suddenly in the equivalent of a, a Dr. Doolittle film. And I could speak to her the way I'm speaking with you. And I didn't know it was possible, but there I was. And I'm like, oh, I want more of this. So my communication with her went like this. Um, I didn't know what to do. So I just opened my heart as much as I could. And I know that you can send prayer and love to another human being without interfering with their life path. So I just sent her all the love I had. And I sent her an image of my condo and pretended my kids were there. And I said, this is my nest. I have two, meaning children. What have you? And she said, we are three we fly as one. And I burst into tears. Wow. That's and then amazing. I just, yeah, I just wanted more of that. So my life changed completely after that. She came back and gave me a number of lessons that I journaled. And then I looked for a teacher and found Maya Kincaid and trained with her for two years. And then I felt ready to offer this service to others to help with their pets, especially but also sometimes people with land who want to talk to the water or trees on their land. Mm -hmm. Wow. And what, goodness, what has that experience been like? I'm a different person. 
than I was before. It's really different to know that uh, nature is conscious. Mm-hmm. And um, so I try to live a very authentic life. It's put me more in touch with um, the authentic part of myself. And um, I feel I'm a pioneer in this. I think it's going to be the new yoga. And I, I'm, I'm a bit of a pioneer, sort of um, informing people that this is possible for all of us, not just me. I'm just one of the early ones who got into this um, game of communicating telepathically, but it's available to us all. I love that. I love that. I mean, I, you bring such a fresh perspective for me. And me, personally, I've had a background in the shamanic work a very close connection to the animals I'm connected to and the land I live on. And yet I recall that, you know, you and I did work together several years ago. I recall you saying, well, your cats are saying this, that you didn't tell them that you were getting another dog. And I went, Oh, it didn't occur to me to actually tell them. (laughs) And I'm, I'm with them every day and I'm reading their body language and I'm reading, believing, reading their emotions and I'm talking to them, but I did, hadn't made that next leap of if I'm in a relationship with this being, of course, I'm going to tell them something important. And it hadn't. So I, I love that, you know, there's always room for expansion in our relationship with other beings in the world. I know in my shamanic work, you know, we call that, you know, the standing people and the four leggeds and the creepy crawlies and whatever, you know, whatever is around us in, in this incarnation. Um, so, you know, here's to, to expanding our relationship with, with all of creation. Yes. Thank you for that. So I have a client I'm assisting who has two horses. And um, if people see me on Facebook or um, not, or my website, there's a headshot of myself with a beautiful horse. And that's one of her horses named Sai. And um, so, so another horse that's at that home at that horse farm um, is going through something and I was asked to communicate with her. And I did and she, she told me um, how beautiful she feels. And um, I shared this with her people. And they're like, Oh, that's so funny that you know, she She's looking at what we want to do with her in terms of her beauty. And I said, yes. So now you tell her when you're working with her and when you're reminding her about what's coming up, Mm. tell her in terms of frame it in this way, because that's her view of what's going on. So you tell her, pardon me, you're so beautiful that we want to do this and that and that. And they're like, Oh, right. Like, even though they talk to her, just like you said, it didn't occur to them that that's now a way that they can frame their language with her in a way that makes sense from her worldview. Absolutely. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, talking with your neighbor or your sister or someone and just coming to understand who they are and respecting whatever perspective they have. Oh, wow. That's good. Like, they're all people. I love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Tell me about heart telepathy. Oh, yes. So um, because when I first met that red-tailed hawk, 
my way into communicating with her was by opening my heart and sending her as much love as possible. Um, what I ended up um, learning to do in training with Maya Kincaid was telepathy, but I'm quite certain that this is a telepathy of the heart and rather different than what we would call mental telepathy. So mental telepathy, when I use that phrase, I think of um, playing cards turned upside down and you try to intuit what is on the card and you flip it over and these sorts of things where we can train our mind to have a stronger intuition into telepathy or speak telepathically through our mind with another person. But it's not where I find the animals are playing. Mm. I find they're playing in a place that is of the heart. So I call it heart telepathy. And it is really, I think, a function of the heart. Um, when I was studying angelology, my teacher, Angela McGurr, had something she called the higher heart. And so I think when we work with the heart chakra, there, it has many facets and components, and that maybe many of us have not yet activated a function of the heart, the heart chakra, the higher heart capacity, which is telepathy. So that's, I'm quite aware that I'm working from within that place, and that I've opened that chakra center, and that I'm working through love when I communicate with animals and other beings in nature. And I feel that's where the animals are already in communication. And as we expand that emotion, they welcome us into the game. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the keys to being able to do this fluidly is to open your heart, send the animal or even your plants all the love you have, and then ask a question. And they do a lot of the work. They do the work because they're already playing there. It's their party. Mm -hmm. And they will come to us. So if any of your community wants to try this, I think they'll find it's a lot easier than they think. Uh, the animals will meet us there. They do a lot of the work. They'll meet you more than halfway. Mm, I love that. Did you experience, because I have a, have a feeling if as people play with this heart telepathy, they might doubt what information they're getting. Did you experience any of that? Oh, yeah. That's why I stayed with Maya two years. I mean, I'd already spoken to a red-tailed hawk. Mm -hmm. I already was doing the technique. And I did one year of intense training, after which I got a certificate. And I stayed for a second year because I just didn't have the confidence. Um, so... It's uh, a lot of it is because it's so new. And I try to tell, I do tell people, if you're trying this, whatever you receive, believe it, mm. believe it, because most of the time, it you'll be receiving from the other being and the few times that you're wrong, and you're actually just replaying an old program from within yourself, you'll eventually figure that out. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, it's going to be authentic. So always believe it. And one day you'll figure out those few times when you're just replaying your own old tapes. I love that. I love that. I have, over the years, I, I feel like something I, I've accessed, you know, 
that um, that higher heart energy you're talking about, that heart telepathy. Um, usually, with my own with my own animal companions, sometimes with with um, with trees, but it's um, it's an extraordinary experience that you that is not part of our everyday life. Not yet. Is there it's on its way in? <laughs> oh, I, I I would agree with you. Do you do you have a way to to describe how that feels? Mm-hmm. I'm asking you to describe the ineffable, but we can yeah. give it a shot. Well, it's a brilliant question, and thanks for asking it. I'll give it my best. Um, I'm still learning how to go deeper and live more authentically with more receptivity. So I experience it as um, hearing a signature that is not my own. In the same way, if you're in a cocktail party and someone you know really well is in the room, but you didn't see them come in, you might feel them and turn around and like, oh, yeah, it's that person. Whether it's for good reasons or bad reasons, whatever your history is, you sort of know that signature. And um, so with the animals, they each have a signature. And I love hearing that signature. It's like I feel it within myself the way you would feel it in, you know, like a party where there's somebody else and you feel them in the room. And, uh, and then there's the caption because I, I get... Um, visuals and I get words so uh, sometimes for me it's like a movie trailer where I see the picture and I hear the caption that goes underneath it you know the little the little bit and then my training with Maya taught me to open that up so once you see that and you hear that then that's something I can ask a question into like well can you tell me more about this or why are you saying and feeling that? Or how does this feel to you? And so then I'm deeply in a conversation with completely another being and their language, their way of phrasing things, their signature will be unique to them. And what I'm learning to do in the moment now is to be available to others if they want to reach me. Um, so if I'm working with a dog and it's not an actual consultation with his people, but he wants to reach me, I'm trying to live in a place where I'm receptive enough that if another signature shows up, I'll recognize it as not my thoughts, but, oh, there's that dog trying to reach me. Mm -hmm. So I have had deeply mystical experiences, for example, with trees and other wild beings in nature that were very out of this world experiences. But what I'm relaying to you is more like my waking everyday way of living in communication with um, our friendly animal companions. But I have had, you know, I once was I had my first garden in Toronto and I didn't realize that I was doing the weeding on a really hot day. And I became very um, 
dehydrated really quickly. And instead of going inside and getting a drink, I leaned against a tree and I leaned with my forehead, my third eye against the tree. And I was in some kind of weakened condition because I was dehydrated and I wasn't aware of anything except, oh, I think I'll just lean against this tree. And the next thing I knew, my consciousness left my body, went through my third eye into the tree, down the tree trunk into the roots. And my consciousness, so my active awake awareness, I was traveling under my property and seeing how all the roots of the trees are in communication mm -hmm. and following the water lines underneath. And then I had a, a moment of self-reflection where I thought, well, there's an invitation to visit some of the other trees. There's an invitation to explore further. And I thought, but wait a minute, if someone comes by my house and they see me leaning against a tree, I might look comatose. They might call 911. I might be put in an ambulance and my consciousness is here under my ground. <laughs> this is not good. So I said, I better go back and instantly, boing, I was, wow. you know standing up again on my yard. And I'm like, wow, did that just really happen? So I have had a number of very mystical, magical moments where nature was calling to me, but I didn't recognize it as mm -hmm. such. And so now I'm trying to live more in that place of playing that way and still, you know, being very grounded, very in my body, very aware of being, you know, a person on the ground and still keeping the communication line open. So there's lots of ways to play and have fun. Um, I think each person might have experiences that are very unique to them and different from my own. And, and there's lots more available. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. And I, I, I was actually wondering about this process of, of <clears throat> what it is to, to stay open and know that you may be receiving communication and yet stay maddy and stay grounded and and maintain your boundaries. I think it sounds like it might be a little different than those who are open to psychic communication. Maybe there's a lot of of communication, almost like being in a you know a crowded train station. Sometimes people talk about that. Have you had any challenges with? with keeping your boundaries or is it just been this kind of very gentle, open pathway? That's such a beautiful question. Thanks. Um, I love the question. So I am aware from my earlier studies that um, there is psychic development training available to us. And I see this as really different. It's not psychic work. So in psychic work, we would want, I would want to have some protection put in place. And in this work, we don't need protection because nature is pure. So there's nothing around that's going to go bump and, you know, jar us or bump into us. It's just nature. So I don't, um, I don't need protection. And um, I might want to set boundaries. Uh, Maya Kincaid had some hilarious stories she shared where she's so open to animals visiting her that she said sometimes too many show up and they're all talking to her at once. 
And so she instructed us when we were her students to um, not be shy to say, okay, 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 I need everybody to wait in line, take a turn, I can only listen to one at a time. So please organize yourselves so that I only speak to one at a time. Now, I'm I haven't had that problem because like I said, I'm just getting to the place where I not I don't just um, approach an animal and ask, can we have a conversation? But I want to be receptive when they want to reach me. So I, I would love to have that problem of too many <laughs> animals showing up at once. I love that. Your response reminded me that um, because this is, as you call it, heart telepathy, and you are you are connected with all of nature herself or themselves, um, that there's no protection necessary. And um, one of my teachers says, the heart is our protection. That's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's gorgeous. Uh, yeah, this is from my teacher, Shamali Arda. She says, you know, our heart, there's no need for protection because your heart is your protection. An open heart is your protection. Wow. And I can imagine that in, in that very open-hearted conversation with whoever may choose to present themselves to you, it's, it's truly a heart-to-heart chat with no need for those types of psychic boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I find the animals are very honest and so grateful that someone has come forward to hear Mm -hmm. their voice. I, um, because I come forward from a place of no agenda, I have no reason other than to hear from them. Um, They're always so happy to share with me. And it's easy, and I have no history with them, so it's so much easier than um, for their own person. So for mm-hmm. my own pets, I will do a trade with a colleague. Hey, can you talk to my dog? Because you know, I don't. I've just got too much history and emotion here. So it does help to have no history, no emotion, no agenda, just a clean slate, mm. and to just be able to hear whatever they might want to say. That's that's so true. I mean, I know I found that as well because I, I you you your color it's your color it's colored with your own your own experiences with them. All right, one more question about pets, and then I want to shift. Um, wh- how do you view reincarnation in the animal world? Mm-hmm. Do they reincarnate, and and if so, what are your what are your thoughts about that? Well, I came across the concept of that working with clients who were certain that uh, one of their dogs was the reincarnation of someone from the past. Um, I have a friend who is certain that the family dog is a reincarnation of a pet from the past. And because I've come across this concept with other people, I, I just put it in a little mental box of, I don't know, but maybe. And then I wait for the universe to, you know, validate it for me if it's going to be validated. And um, I had a dog I was really attached to. We were a team. And for all your community people that know what that's like, you know, when, when when an animal is really a deep part of your life. 
And I had to have him put down because of uh, a condition where he was suffering to the point where he asked me for that. So I honored that, but it was really hard for me. Um, and then I was led, I wasn't really ready for another dog. I mourned that dog for a long time. And about a year later, um, things started showing up in my life that were unusual things. And I was being led to a dog. And I followed the breadcrumbs. And after a number of months, this dog appeared. And I'm like, whoa, I think you're the one. So I took this dog home. And I do believe he is the reincarnation of the dog I missed so much. And the reason I think that is because some of his very quirky habits are also habits that this dog has. And so, you know, besides just the eyes and the feeling, um, the feeling when I pat him or the feeling, you know, when I carry him and touch him or lift him, it's just there's that same feeling. But, you know, I'm not sure, just like you asked earlier about second guessing ourselves. So I've said to this dog, you know, I think you're, you know, my previous dog, but if you're not, then and my other dog shows up, I guess they're going to be more of us. You know, I guess they're going to be two dogs in the house, and we'll just have a bigger family. So just be yourself and live your life. But the thing that I notice people say in common, that um, is my experience now as well, is that some of the very quirky habits of that pet show up in the new pet. So -hmm. the things that would be uncommon to most dogs that or cats, that that one particularly had. So for example, um, my previous dog was a hunting breed. And I I didn't want him uh, killing birds, he was a birder. So I taught him instead to chase leaves. So here in the fall, when the leaves fall, they blow up in the air, the same way birds Mm -hmm. in high grass will flutter up. And so I taught him when the leaves flutter up, you can catch those instead. And so my dog would walk down the street with his mouth full of leaves. And he would chase the leaves as they flutter around. And the other dogs would look at him like, are are you all right? What are you doing? And they'd be walking down the road and he's like chasing leaves and mouth full of leaves. So this new dog, I didn't teach him or train him anything. But as soon as there were leaves blowing, he was chasing them. And he's half the size of the other dog. And he walks down the street with his mouth full of leaves. And it's just not a typical thing to see. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah. So, And there are a few other quirky habits that this dog came in with. So I'm just having fun. I'm happy to have a canine companion again. And like I said, you know, he can be who he wants to be. But a part of me says, I think this is my old friend hanging out with me some more. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And I love how you just respect, you know, your current dog for who he is and, and are open to the possibilities. And yet, you know, you see what you see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to switch topic topics and because you were talking about the the natural world and the trees and the gardens what about the fairy realm have you experienced them in nature and and what 
if so, what has been your experience? I've, um, I've never been one of a, I mean, to, I've never been one to directly seek out or look for an experience of fairies or to feel them or see evidence of them. Although I completely believe in them and it hasn't been part of my experience. But once I started opening up to it, you know, I'm beginning to maybe you know, like feel that energy or sense it. What's, what's been your experience? Well, I didn't really believe in fairies. I thought they were maybe more of a mythology and then they showed up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm just lucky that nature keeps showing up for me. So, you know, now I have found my true vocation, I guess. So um, I read that fairies are not easy for us to see or commonly seen because they live on a different energetic trajectory to our own. Mm -hmm. And this is the best way that I have rationalized it and that I can explain it to others. So sometimes they're able to change their frequency enough that we can see them very clearly, but it isn't, you know, uh, a regular thing because their energetic trajectory is slightly different than our own. And so we, we pass each other in frequencies. Um, and so I'm, I've had some moments of really enjoying their presence. Um, and I've made some mistakes too, and had some really crazy things happen. So some fairies were around and I invited them in and I created a little fairy house out of natural mm -hmm. materials and said, you can stay there. But honestly, I didn't know if I was talking to the air. I yeah. really didn't. And I thought, you know, I live alone. So luckily, <laughs> you know, I can have these quirky moments, but I like things to be empirically validated. So I said to them, okay, if you want to reach me, please reach me through my computer. And then I forgot I had said that. And I opened my computer the next day and it had crashed. It was oh, dead. Gosh. I had nothing. And I thought, oh, gee, I charged it overnight, but maybe my charger's broken. Mm -hmm. I took, I had another charger. I tried another outlet. My computer was dead. And it's a laptop and it's not that old. And I'd forgotten completely about my contract with the fairies. So I drove 30 minutes to the nearest place that had a gig squad, took in my laptop and said, I don't know what's wrong. And they're like, did you take out the additional warranty? And I'm like, <laughs> no. And they said, well, let's just charge it up and see what happens. And they said, it's fine. It's working. Take it home. And then I remembered, oh, it's the, it's the fairies. <laughs> so then I said to the fairies, you can't mess with me like that. We have to make um, more detailed rules. Like, <laughs> please only interfere with my computer in ways that um, don't interfere with my use of the computer. Just play with me in things that are fun. So then the next thing that happened was, I have several different keyboards on my computer because I live in a French speaking province. And then so there was no French keyboard, the French keyboard disappeared. And then oh, my English keyboard would become the French keyboard. <sighs> so they had ways to play with me that were fun and easy for me to change. 
and that didn't, you know, didn't upset me as much. So um, I am, you know, uh, convinced that there are fairies here because they responded to whatever I said, whatever was my suggestion is what I got. And it was empirically easy to see through the computer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, you know, based on your experiences, can you offer any guidance as to how we would, because they're in a different um, energetic frequency and I've, I've come to understand that too. They're in a you know different dimension, so <clears throat> they're here, but it's it's hard to interact with them. How would we? How would we interact with them? What would you recommend? So I recommend that people do whatever would be fun for them to set up a location, because you know we have houses, we have locations. Um, so, um, and this is the women's sanctuary. It's like, you know, we always think of home and places. So I think if people create whatever they want in their um, area, their home, or if they have a little workshop or wherever they want to choose a place for the fairies to hang out. And I don't, you know, I like to use natural materials, but I think if people want to find something in Dollarama in the dollar store and it speaks <laughs> to them and it's glittery and fun and there's glitter and all kinds of cute kids stuff and it's very bright and, and not natural materials at all, if that's what speaks to them. I think if we invite the fairies from our heart, they will want to play with us. And I think now, just like nature wants to be in our lives more openly and be more available, I think so do the fairies. So I invite your entire community, if this is an inspiration for anyone listening, to give it a try, find something fun, create a place for it, and then make, you know, Make your little arrangement with the fairies and say, okay, here is how I would like you to reach me. Here's a way that works for me. Maybe it's, um, I don't know, what, whatever, you know, uh, if someone's an artist and they say, maybe you can show up in my painting or change the colors or whatever game you want to play, I'm sure the fairies would be happy to engage. It reminds me of when you were talking about the communication with animals and um, playing with it. And, 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 and you keep bringing back this notion of play and how much fun it is. Well, I think that that's how the animals would like us to be. Mm. And even though there is this really strong element of play, and I'd like to say, welcome to nature's party. Um, they can tell me very serious things. They can tell me things that are very, you know, important and serious. I once was giving a very, a final lesson to a student and we had been working over the internet and she asked if she could have her last lesson in person. So uh, she traveled to where I was. I wasn't that far, actually. It was fun. And um, we did a walk down a road with a lot of horse farmettes. And while she was practicing with the horses, I noticed a blue jay. And so I started a conversation with the blue jay. And I said, hey, blue jay, you know, um, we humans think of you as a bit of a disturber. You're sort of like crows, but you look like a songbird. And you're sort of in between and you mimic other birds. What do you have to say about that? And the blue jay said, 
why do you humans always have to judge us in comparison to things? We're not like anything else. We are who we are because we have a place here. Mm-hmm. And you're here because you have a place here. And then, like I said, I've had a few mystical experiences. The blue jay took me up high in the sky and showed me through his eyes. And he actually showed me something very mystical and special where he showed me how different people light up in different ways. And, you know, I won't go into too much of that um, in this conversation, but it was a really profound experience. What I learned from the Blue Jay is even though we're playing and we're engaging because I'm saying, hey, Blue Jay, are you, you know, here's some things humans have to say about you. And what do you have to say about that? The actual communication can be uh, very serious. And what I received was a wisdom teaching. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget it. It has remained with me. It will be with me forever. And it was an important teaching and serious indeed. So even though we're playing, we can receive wisdom and great teachings. So important. That's so important. And of, and of course, you, you do deal with serious, serious issues. I mean, you and I dealt with some serious work in my family. So I, and I'm grateful for that. It just was incredibly, incredibly um, eye-opening and enlightening and um, really helped bond the relationship with, with my pets. So I know firsthand how impactful your work can be and i'm so so grateful for it thank you so much it's great to be in service there's so much more I, we could talk about i i just i, I think i want to uh reflect back this uh, that how beautiful it is that you're that you're what what, what i see is a dance with all of creation this openness and respect and deep love and the open heartedness is, is really beautiful. I I did have one final question and that is, you know, you said you're kind of on the leading edge of this. Where do you, where do you see this going for humanity? I think this is the new yoga. So I think that as people start to find out how easy this is, and that it's available to each and all of us, especially, you know, as we reach the children who are uh, probably doing this unconsciously or maybe consciously in their own lives. Um, I think that we'll see a day very soon where the plants will be able to tell us, oh, yeah, if you take my leaf in the spring along with the root of that guy over there, you could have a really good tea that'll help that liver problem you've got. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, things have changed so quickly in the world in a short time. Imagine in five or 10 years, as we all start to explore more of our heart telepathy abilities, um, and nature starts to be able to engage with us, 
and answer our questions and we can hear them more clearly, that it would take very little time for our gardens to be places of great expression and our animals to be saying, um, hey, go look in the car. I think you left something there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that picture of, of this greater integration with the world we live in and the beings we live with. And um, I absolutely agree. I see that that happening, you know, bits and pieces in my own life, but definitely in the world at large. I think that's one of the things that's going to, um, well, I'll, I'll say it, help save humanity from ourselves. Mm-hmm. Is the more we can become interwoven and respectful of the place we live. Mm, thank you for that. So I'd like to end with a message I had from the animals um, a number of years ago when I was in training, and that is the animals of the wild told me that as humanity learns to treat animals um, anywhere in the world with more respect and dignity for their lives, that um, the things that are terrible in our world will fall away on their own accord. Mm. So the animals have told me that um, because we don't have predators as humans, that our predators come from within our own species. Mm. And as we give more love and support to the animal kingdom, the predators from within our species will will disappear and fall away on their own accord. That's beautiful. So thanks, Arlia. We are all connected, as you said. Oh, uh-huh, we are. Maddie, this has been beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your wisdom with us. If any of uh, our listeners would like to reach out and be in touch and, and learn more about you and connect with you, how can they do that? Oh, thank you. So I have a website. And it's maddie.ca, and that's spelled M-A-D-I-I dot C-A. And everything they might want to uh, see or investigate would be on the website, and also my contact information, of course, is there. And I have a Facebook page. If people want to look me up, it's Maddie Cassam with a K, and people can reach me that way, too. Thank you so much, Maddie. This has been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you, Arlia. Such a pleasure to be here as your guest. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. This has been it for the Women's Sanctuary. If you uh, if you like these this podcast and and have listened to it, um, you know, please feel free to to follow on whatever podcast service you you use Spotify, Apple, Google. Um, we're we're on all the major pop podcast platforms um, and uh, feel free to give a review or send me a message if you'd you'd like to suggest a topic. Um, I will be back again soon with another guest or another episode. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been Arlia Hoffman and this is the Women's Sanctuary.
Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.